All right, welcome into jobbing out. And normally, man, I don't even know what to say. We're going to do a show, and it'll be all right. Aaron's not here. And I want to bust his balls. I want to do all that stuff. But, God, this sucks. Um, Glenn and Brandon with you for now. Um, I, Dude, I don't even have the words. Like, legitimately don't have the words. Um, yeah. No. You know, and, and I think as wrestling fans, you know, it's funny, Brandon, like as wrestling fans, we've we've done this so much in our lives. Like there have been so many of these that just leave us like shaken and, and that you'd think we'd be numb to it. But I don't know, man, like Br- Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> So so I don't know how to articulate this, but somehow this is worse than a lot of those or many of those because it's so unexpected and he legitimately like got ill and like he. hmm, it, It wasn't your typical wrestling death. Yeah, I don't know what the typical wrestling death is for a 36-year-old, you know. But that's like, no, but I, I mean, I, I, you know I think what I, mean. I think what makes this so gutting is that we had held Bray Wyatt in a level of reverence that in a weird way doesn't even compare to Eddie Guerrero, right? Like, Eddie Guerrero was a great wrestler. Right. He wasn't the level of star. We, and it's 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 funny because, you know, if, if you guys listen to the show, you know that I've talked a lot about, like, I, I have this unbelievable reverence for Bray Wyatt, and yet at the same time, the, the horror stuff is never my thing. Like, I'm just not that guy. It's not the part that I'm into. But the reverence that we had for the creativity, for the unique nature of it, I think everybody remembers. Like I was, like I was actually more in on Wyatt Family Bray Wyatt than I ever was on the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Right? Like Wyatt Family Bray Wyatt was like my thing. Um, but we held him almost in a place separate from any other professional wrestler. Like we, we treated, it was like a category of professional wrestlers. And then one dude by himself that did something that was so bloody unique and so bloody different that we almost didn't think of him as a professional wrestler because of it. And we thought of him as a performance artist who happened to be in the field of professional wrestling. Right. And that Like, it was so unique and so special and so different that – and when I say this, what I'm saying is not that the the, the human couldn't die. Like, that that can't die. That's that's so different than anything. Like, that is larger – you know, no no, no pun intended. It's larger than life itself. Um, I I, I, I don't know. I, I to say I don't have the words. I keep coming back to I don't have the words. It's so shocking because we had 
so many times this year found ourselves saying like, what's going on? What's happening? When are, but we kept literally every time we get back to, you know, th- talking about the next pay-per-view, be like, well, it, you know what? This could be, this could be Bray. Like this could be Bray. We just, well, well the reporting is that that's, that was the case. Right. You know what I mean? Like is that he was on his way back and that he had passed most of the preliminary, whatever, um, to, to be cleared. And the belief was he'd be cleared soon. I mean, that was the last report we saw, right? Um, that seems at this point credible considering the latest, um, you know, officially family endorsed statement given to Sean Sapp. That was part of the, you know, right. part of the statement. So, so now that's not like a rumor anymore. That's like something the family said, right? And so it makes it even more shocking i think is the right word just because you know it sounds like wwe was expected you know had plans for him (laughs) and now he's not here and i'm not sure if there's a lot of situations that that way you know what i mean like i'm not sure he was in a different place in his career than some of the people that we've lost, you know what I mean? Right. I, I don't know. Well, it, I, I don't it, know how to contextualize it that way. I'm I, I'm feeling a certain way, and I don't know how to say it. No, but, and but I do still think it keeps coming back to because he wasn't like another professional wrestler. Right. Right. Like he just like th- this was something just so different that it was him. I, and I don't mean to say that other professional wrestlers could just be replaced. Like could just be. Right. But but in a lot of senses, they they can. There are unique times where you couldn't. But in a lot of circumstances, life can go on. Someone can miss a pay-per-view and you could just have Kurt Angle join the shield for the night. Right. And everybody's like, oh, that's cool. Right. Like, like that's Cody, fun. Cody Rhodes, who's like, you know, considered their number one baby face in the company, lost nine months. And there's still right. shows and. People filled the role, right? Well, and it's like, not, and it's not as if like you know they haven't been able to do shows without Bray. But the point is, they haven't. No, no one but can that be thing this. that he does, right? right. This thing, it's yeah. it's separated. It no longer exists within the concept of the show because it's not something that anyone else can or is doing. Um, you know, you could say that like the closest thing of this era might be broken Matt Hardy and obviously the undertaker to an, a degree was something, but not this, like not. And, and I would this. say the undertaker is closer. I think the other, the other thing is more of a comedy bit. Like, uh, I think that you're basing that on what you saw of it because you're not, you didn't really know the TNA version. No, like, I watched all of that stuff. I still think that was tongue in cheek. To a degree. Uh, I mean, we're not going to get into a debate about it, but like Bray Wyatt, there was nothing tongue in cheek about Bray Wyatt. Um, maybe not elements of that later, but it was always with the undertones of like you're going to die. I mean, I mean, mean? right? But like there was also the muscle man dance, and you know. But I'm saying, but the undertones of that were that it was a facade for right someone who was truly horrifying. I understand, right? Right? I understand what it is that you're saying. Um. The the uncanny ability and the funny thing for me too, and I keep saying funny because funny is not the word that I'm looking for. I don't know what the word is that the curious thing, the interesting thing, the another another interesting layer to it. Um, the number of people in my life that are like people that 
are not really pro wrestling fans, but who are horror movie fans. And and it's wild to me how many of these people exist. People that love pro wrestling, but just got to an age where it's not even like they're complaining. This isn't even the, oh, all these guys suck now. It's just the, I'm old. These aren't my guys. I just don't care about it the same way that I cared about it when I was younger, which I completely understand. And frankly, that's what any reasonable adult would do. We're, <laughs> right. we're the weirdos. Like, right. let's make it abundantly clear. We're the ones that have a problem. The, the reasonable thing for any adult to be is like, eh, I'll watch WrestleMania. You know, Maybe if somebody I'll watch the Rumble, right? Know. If somebody tells me something cool is coming up, like I look at the I'm, clips on YouTube, right? But you other know. than that, I'm not going to spend seven to nine hours a week watching professional wrestling because, again, if you're doing that, you should seek help. Raise his hand. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> those those people, those same people that that would would say, but I have to watch this guy. I, I have to. It's unlike anything we've seen. And I never felt like I was left out because, again, I enjoyed Bray Wyatt. Like, I, I don't ever want this to be like a thing where I loved Bray Wyatt. I, I really did. I loved the Wyatt family, that version of Bray Wyatt. I was upset. Everybody knows. I The number of times I would say we're here in everyday conversation – because I enjoyed that so much and would sing along and do the whole Firefly thing. That was one of my favorite things. The Fiend was never that for me, but it wasn't because I didn't respect it, right? Like, I under, I got it. It just wasn't my thing. It's the same way when we talk about, like, Stranger Things where I say, hey, I like the nostalgia more than I like, you know, the, the other world. Like, the, the sci-fi part of it is just not my thing. Um, did you did you like the other side of that era, like the Firefly Funhouse stuff? I of course I enjoyed. The I mean, Firefly Funhouse was there were I, I think if you go back and listen to shows, there were times where I'd be like, I, I don't even know what the f that was. But almost every single one of them I found to be delightful. I the work he put in, Jesus, like I mean I think he did those for what. Months before the fiend debuted, uh huh. Like, but, I, but the work that would go into him, like the effort that would be put into those segments, otherworldly, man. Like other. I, mean, I think world- I said it at the time. I think the thing that he did with John Cena on the WrestleMania, um, yeah, the pandemic on the pandemic WrestleMania, the Firefly Fun Funhouse match, that was like. Le- legitimately should have been nominated for some kind of artistic award. I don't know what that award is. I don't think it's an Emmy, but there's some other right. Yeah. Technical. You know, there's some other yeah. category for right. Insane, uh, you know, spectacle, uh, package video thing that you put together. Like that yep. thing came from his head almost entirely. I would guess. Um, Because I don't know who else would understand it enough to help him. (laughs) Dude, it's it's I I mean, I highly like if you have not seen that. There's a couple things. If you haven't seen that, go watch it. If you haven't seen. The Wyatt family and the shield. Go watch that. I, I. 
I, you know, what's funny is when you say that I keep the, the word that keeps coming to my mind is the word is presence. Like yeah. that's, and a lot of people talk about the presence that a lot of pro wrestlers have, right? Like LA Knight's got a presence. Roman Reigns, of course, has a presence, but what could be conveyed with so little by Bray Wyatt is, you know, again, the type of thing that you can only compare to the undertaker in that way, the, the sheer magnitude of the moment every time. Like some of that NXT stuff, like even when they were figuring it out, you were like, this has got to go to the main roster right now. Yep. <laughs> you know, pretty much from day one, you were like, why are they here? <laughs> like, move them up. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, I think I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, the stuff with the shield, the stuff with Daniel Bryan, uh, the stuff with I thought and I know that we disagree on this. The beginning of the fiend stuff was incredibly. Uh, Again, when we say we disagree, it when, when people don't. It's not my thing, but that doesn't mean I don't recognize how incredible it was. It, it, it's something I say all the time. Things that aren't for me, I can still acknowledge as being amazing. The movie Pan's Labyrinth is one of the most incredible things I ever saw. I'll never again watch the film Pan's Labyrinth. Like, right, I don't right. – I'll never do that. I, the, the White Rabbit stuff that led up to his return oh and, and, my, and I mean, then the actual return in the music and, like, all the stuff that, you know, from everything you read about it, he – uh, was was heavily person. involved. Yeah. It was all there, all him, or it was a collaboration of him and somebody else, uh, um, including the freaking music, which is kind of wild. Yeah, um, it is. So you know, like, and from you know, again, this is not about us. You know, who cares what's on the show next week? You know, what I, mean? I don't care. But I, I, for for his sake and for his family's sake, we know that he was very invested in what whatever he was about to do. And there were several sort of comments either from him indirectly replying to people on Twitter or people who had spoken to him in the past couple of months that something really big was planned for them to play out. We we don't know what that means, but that the way they worded it was that it was some kind of big thing. So that's also super disappointing for somebody that comes from a family where this is their entire life too, right? Um, is that uh, he never got to see through his like vision or whatever, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that from our perspective, but I'm saying that from his perspective. Well, I mean, look, you know, people close to him because we what, know how important this was to him. This was his entire life. No question. And for what you say, like it, it, there is a fine line. Um, and by the way, AJ is going to try to join us at some point. We're recording late on Thursday night. You know, he had to get to SmackDown, and so he's going to try to check in um, because you know he got to know Bray um, and was one of the guys that you know you've heard him talk about how much he liked Bray. And he worked with Bray a little bit. Yeah, he correct. A, he did a Bray Bray kicked their ass a little bit. That is correct. That is a <laughs> thing that happened. Um, you've seen. You know, all of the messages you've seen, there's there's nothing that we can add. Per, I, I, One of those guys that I never had a connection with in any way, like not even a 
a pat. I don't. I don't think I ever had. I'm trying to think if maybe I even bumped into him somewhere, and I, I off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Maybe after a little while, I'll be reminded of a story that somebody will tell me about a time that I just don't. It didn't come to me, but the reverence is over. You don't talk about Bray Wyatt the way that you talk about other professional wrestlers. It it was like watching, to Brandon's point, a performance artist, an actor, a something else, you know, something else altogether. Um you know, I, I don't I don't know how to do this appropriately, right? Because I, I do want to we'll get you know, if AJ can check in, we'll get back into talking about Bray. I guess we're supposed to do a, a show. I, it, it all feels like in the moment it feels trite, right? Like in a moment it feels like, you know they're they they probably should be doing, you know, these the, the, the tribute shows the next couple of times out. Like this is Bray Wyatt we're talking about. This is this yeah, is I mean, the at, reason at why minimum, a lot of people watch. Be, yeah, at bare minimum, this is going to be full stage of guys, five belts. Well, yeah, salute. but that feels bare minimum at this point. Like, that feels like the type of thing that you should be doing for Terry Funk. You know what I mean? Like, but, but Yeah, but they don't do that for people. I mean, they don't do that for people like that anymore. It, it feels like, lately at least, that five bell salute thing has been reserved for the well, very top of the top. Well, I also feel like they've been trying to they save that for younger per per younger right. people, for like shocking, like for for right. sudden things. Not people like, that lived a full life and then passed and by, away. Right, and by the way, we do have to mention that Terry Funk died this week, and he's really important to oh, an icon. You know, to, to it, the I mean, like a lot of the stuff you see any of these guys do. I mean, see see him punk for all of his whatever nailed it right that like. You a lot of the stuff you're seeing, there's a piece of him in that, right? Like, that's true. <laughs> that's a thousand percent true. Like, I'm not sure what wrestling looks like without Terry Funk and his family. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, but uh, but at the same time, it's different when someone's 79. Yes. It just is. Yes. And it always will be. You know, 79, arguably, some people would say is still a little bit young to pass. Like, but sure, 79 but, is an incredible life. But, you yeah, live for eight okay. decades. You've lived an unbelievable, amazing life. Um, uh, you know, certainly you know, this sadness for Terry Funk and reflection on, you know, the, the legend that was Terry Funk. But it's just, would Mick Foley have been a wrestler the way he was without Terry Funk? Oh, not the way he was. I mean, I think anybody. I mean, I think most people watch Beyond the Mat. Beyond the Mat was a big deal, right? Yes. Like when when Beyond the Mat came out, we hadn't seen anything like that. We hadn't seen anyone acknowledging bumps and things of you know, yes, right behind the scenes stuff. Like the, the Terry Funk was portrayed in the moment as a decrepit. Yeah. You know, victim of professional wrestling. Um, someone whose body had given up on him and yet he he still couldn't stop because one, it's all he knew to do, and two, he he needed it. Like he for for everything that he accomplished, he was by no means overwhelmingly wealthy, right? Like he 
what else was he going to do if he didn't wrestle? And it was alarming in a way, you know what I mean? Like it was, it, it, it opened you up. You're like, this is a legend. Like the, it, at the time, I don't even know how old he was at the time. How long ago was, was beyond the mat? It was 26 years ago. 26. I just did the math. Yeah. Jesus. So that means he was 53, which 53. Like isn't even that old. Old. I mean, that's not that much older than Edge is at the moment. Right, right. Or, or, or I mean, they're how old is uh, Goldberg? Right. Um, how old? How old is Sting? Well, much older than that. Right. Um, but yet, like we all knew, we all knew um, everything that Terry Funk had given to profession professional wrestling. And no, Mick Foley, I think, is the one that's the most obvious. Like without Terry Funk. The Mick Foley thing still kind of happened by accident anyway, right? Like it's hard to it's hard to say that he paved the way because like the Mick Foley thing was never supposed to happen. It was right. But by the uh, way, uh, Terry Funk wrestled for like another twenty years after that. No, maybe. because he couldn't because he could not stop wrestling. It's what he knows, and yeah, you know, it's a fine line. We talk about wrestlers, you know, that age that. You know, they're doing it in many cases for money because they don't have anything else to do. It's all they know. It's it's painful at times to watch. And it speaks to wrestlers of that era to a degree versus wrestlers of this era. Right. Um. Just I mean, again, you can find I'm just being very general, general. But Pete, someone at his level in this era, unless they just let, led like the most reckless life ever, would not is not going to be left in his situation. You know what I mean? Like someone who is like a top star for X amount Correct. of years, they are making so much more money than someone of his stature did when he did it. And I mean, even Ric Flair, like you, you could look at Ric Flair, like he did some things that that caused his. But he even he w- didn't make what he would have made if he was Ric Flair in 2015. You know what I oh, mean? That's fair. Yep. That's like, fair. Like, like the, the the percentages would be so much higher of what, you know, and inflation, all those things were generalizing. But let's be honest, like nobody was doing one billion dollar gates, you know what I mean? Or whatever the whatever, even whatever the equivalent was for inflation, like nobody was doing billion dollar gates like on a regular basis in 1983 yes. or whatever. In fact. So anyway. Um, all right. I'm still trying to figure out how we do all these things. Cause again, I Bray Wyatt died. Like I just, nothing, nothing seems to matter, but I, I hear they're going to continue to do professional wrestling. So do you want to talk for a minute about the edge thing? Sure. And like, we, I, we're supposed to make, picks I feel like for the that's, a, that's a good transitional topic, I think. Okay. So. Obviously, we all saw what happened, and the rumors had already started to swirl going into like once WWE started promoting the match the way that they did. There were a lot of reports that started to to portray the idea that no, this is legitimate. This is quite possibly the the end of his run in WWE, and I don't know how legitimate the initial reports were, but there were a lot of like. You brought it up to me last week because I didn't even know um, that there was rumblings that the oh, edge could go to AEW. Then, of course, this week, 
those reports got very loud, um, almost to the point where it feels like it, it's not reporting anymore as much as it's just informing. Like this Did you is see his response to that. I didn't. So he posted a video response today that essentially said the reports are not true as far as like, so the reports that were out there were like, he laid out some kind of deal that he needed to stay. They said, no, he said that didn't happen. He said, there's an extension contract sitting in his inbox. He doesn't know whether he's going to sign it or not. He doesn't know what he wants to do. He used the R word, you know, the first time I retired, this was, you know, it wasn't my choice this time. You know, the the thing they did for me Friday was so good that I don't know if anything could could trump it or something like that. And I don't know, maybe something will. And if the, the right thing comes up, it was very much he did not acknowledge AEW in any way. So he didn't say he wasn't going there. He didn't say he is going there. Um, he brought up whatever show or movie or whatever thing he's in. Is it Percy Jackson? I think the show. Apparently. Yeah. So he brought that up and just, you know, you have to watch it. it. It was interesting because it made me feel like he's pondering retirement way more than we might think he is versus just going to AEW. But then again, he could also do the big show thing in AEW. You know what I mean? Or he could go be a manager. Or he could go like he might go there just because he's. Just because he's suggesting he might not wrestle doesn't mean he might not go to AEW. You know what I mean? Like, I could see a world in which both of those things could be true. So who knows? But it it definitely made me feel like that stuff was a little more assumed maybe than we thought. But, I mean, he had no reason to, to, I mean, he was done at that point, right? (laughs) So I don't know what reason he would have to posture. Maybe he's still trying to. Well, I don't um, know. Yeah, it, it could be anything, or it could be that he doesn't. Even if he they is want going it to be to, a big surprise, so yeah, I, I would say less than that. If he is going to ultimately do something in AEW, it could also be that he wants to make it very clear that it's not like a malcontent situation. Yeah, well, he it's, definitely went out of his way to say that that there's um, no. Like, I think that we all look at different things, you know, like different people's decisions in different ways. And it's important, I think, for some of these guys that know that for the rest of their life, they're going to be associated with WWE, that they don't want to burn bridges in the process. Like the way that Daniel Bryan did, basically. Like the the way he... He's leaving the way he did. Like he didn't burn his bridge on Correct. the way out, kind of thing. They they want it to be. Look, I'm not I'm not going to work for you right now. But I understand, and I don't want I don't want anybody to think that I'm, you know, giving double middle fingers to WWE or that my goal is going to be to badmouth WWE. I'm just going to work for someone else. And if the reporting suggests that, like. You know, here, I'm going to give these unreasonable demands or something like that. I could see him being like, I, I want to make that clear. Like, I'm, yeah, we're good. Like, there's no issue between us. Now, that doesn't mean that he's doing anything right to your point. Correct. Like it, yeah. it might maybe he really is not made a decision or maybe you know, he really will just retire or something along those lines. Or maybe he really will, you know 
do some more with WWE. I'm I'm fine with the idea that like maybe it's not done, but I also think it's important for Edge because Edge isn't stupid. Edge knows that whatever he does moving forward, WWE he's going to be permanently associated with WWE and probably would like to have a role within that company and things along those lines. So if he's going to do something else, he would just want to make sure that he's not there's no friction, there's no contention, anything along those lines, because he's smart enough to know like that's going to be a big part of his life moving forward, even if he were to go do you know, six months or a year working for AEW. Yeah, fair. Totally fair. Which doesn't mean I have any idea what he's going to do. You know, like I, well, I, none of us do. Right. But I, I, I did. The reporting like, earlier this week definitely made it seem like, oh, yes. he's going <laughs> like that's the way it is. Yeah. He's going to be at, at, at all in. And right. It's just that's get used to it. Like, that's what we're doing. And and you and I had similar reactions to that, which is I. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I have I have zero inch. The only way that I could stomach it is if for him he was just desperate to do one more. Like it was a personal thing. I want to do one more match with Christian, and unfortunately, this is the only way I can do it. And while I don't want that, I have no interest in it. I don't. I, I love Edge and Christian, but I don't need an Edge and Christian goodbye. Um, and I if just I don't. was getting that, it feels cheaper to do it there. Yeah, it definitely feels cheap. Oh, there's no question that it feels cheaper there. But if that's a thing that matters to him, if personally he says, I really think I'm done, I don't want to keep doing this after I'm 50, I've got to do it now, and it's a thing that he always wanted to do, I guess I couldn't be mad at him over that. I could be understanding of someone having a personal desire to work with their friend one more time before it's over. And I could live with that. I do agree. It's cheap. It's whatever you want to call it, but I can't begrudge someone that right to want to do something that matters to them, you know, when they've, when they've done so many things. So if that was the case, it wouldn't be for me. It would be drastically worse if it was just edge going to be, a guy for a year. Like if that's what it was, oh right. God, if he's going to be Jeff Jarrett, that, that, that doesn't uh, work. For me. I'm for, I'm for, I hate comparing him because the guy's so much younger, but if he was going to be Daniel Bryan, like it's yeah. just, it's embarrassing. I, I, I hate that for Brian. Dan- like, and it's unfair because Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, they, he will always be that guy. Nothing about this can ruin what he is and what he has been, but it's just so beneath him. Like it's just, and and I I know that there were big plans before he got hurt, but I don't know. Can I trust that after watching him be so irrelevant for as long as he was? Well, um, right, and then to hear him talk about how uh, how banged up he is after he wrestles each time, and how he can barely. I mean, didn't. Didn't he say he was using Seamus's thing to hold himself yeah, up? Yeah, that's not, I, I remember something about that. See, like when I hear that, that does not strike me as someone who should be going to another company to wrestle. Like, and 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 again, we're not in Terry Funk territory. Like Edge is doing just fine. He doesn't need to do this. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um. And so 
I struggle with the logic of that. Unless, like well, you say, to, it's to your a point, match. I, I, right. We didn't need this much. Right. I, and and I, I mean that with all due well, respect. I understand why he did it. Like, he needed to prove that he could come back from that injury. Like, but I he that. didn't need to do this much in order no, to prove that. No, he didn't that. need to stay He's for more years. Right. significantly right. more than anything that he needed to do in order to, quote-unquote, prove that he could come back. Just, just him coming back. And having some matches and having like all of that more than proved it. At some point, we did not need it anymore. It was cool. We could just thank you. I'm, I'm, we're, we, I think most of us, even those of us that don't love the idea of watching, you know, guys that are approaching 50 wrestle, could have respect for, dude, you busted your ass, and we got to see Edge again, and that was cool. And I can respect that and be appreciative for it. But there's nothing else. There really is nothing else. There's nothing else that I need to see Edge do anywhere. So the only thing to me is if it's personal for him that he wants to work with Christian. And if he does, he's he's earned that right, right? Like he's earned the right to say, even if it's lesser – even if it's over there, and maybe part of that is acknowledging that like WWE wouldn't want that again. Like I, they kind of didn't want Christian anymore. Like I, I get it. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if the Edge extension was a courtesy situation. Like the way they've been using him, is not in a way that would suggest they really are thrilled about using him you know what i mean like the, the, it works and they're fine and let's mm-hmm. go to canada but like he was not really i mean like he was treading water um and and like i think he just happened to be like at the time where he was mixed up with the judgment day we came on the show and said the judgment day should die because yeah it's we were not definitely working. not feeling it there's no question we were not feeling it and, and so the judgment day thrived after they moved on from him you know what i mean and so like i and i don't even mean him being in it because we definitely didn't feel that but i mean even his feud with them like it just felt like he was just and i mean and that's part of it too is like it got to the point where it's like lol edge wins and we didn't need edge to beat all these people all the time It, it didn't make wrestling sense at a certain point like at a certain point him winning makes wrestling sense because then you fatten him up as something for someone else to beat. And they were never doing that, right? So the usage of him was very weird. Um, And now that we can look back at the totality of it, assuming that he's not coming back on this extension or whatever, um, it was a weird little journey after he fell out of the title picture, right? It was... It it definitely didn't seem like there was ever a point at which they knew what was best. Like they're definitely like, it, it felt like they wanted to protect him, but they also didn't want to feature him in a way that would damage anything else. Like that they felt like was important at the time, <laughs> you know, like their t- whoever their top two or three priorities, like they didn't want him to mess with them, but they were fine with him just beating everybody else. Yeah. So, they just kind of kept him in the compartment where he beat everybody else. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at his like 
overall matches since you know 20 since the pandemic essentially you know he beat randy orton he beat jay uso he beat you know he beat seth rollins he beat seth rollins again he beat i mean some of these are house shows but he beat he the only reason i'm reading all of them is because he obviously wasn't on very many house shows um he beat kevin owens you know he beat the miz him and beth beat maurice and the miz he beat aj styles at wrestlemania he beat AJ Styles at Backlash. Um, when he jo- when he was the Judgment Day, they beat AJ Finn and uh, Liv Morgan at Hell in a Cell. He beat Damian Priest. You know he him and like it goes on and on and on. Um, he lost that one match to Finn, but it was like doctored up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where they were gonna kill Beth or whatever. Um. And then him and Beth beat Finn and via. I guess he lost to Austin Theory, but that was kind of doctored up, right? The Judgment Day made him lose or whatever, just for the purpose of. And then he beat Finn Balor, and then he beat Grayson Waller, and he beat, and then he beat Sheamus in his last match, which is also a choice. Um, well, I get it. But yeah, in Toronto, so like, does everybody else get that? It's different if it was a young performer. It is. I mean, like, I, and I mean that. I right because don't, he can go to AEW and just be fine. Like this guy might might wrestle, might not wrestle. He's a legend, whatever. But, and that's the, like, it. it doesn't hurt Sheamus in any way. Of course to, not. Of to course. lose to Edge, and it's in Toronto, and I like it's not WrestleMania. It's it's a Friday Night SmackDown match. To say that. If it was a feud, that the guy that's going to be around needs to win the feud at the end, agreed. It wasn't a feud. It was a one-off match. It was an exhibition, essentially. Like, I, I know we get into weird territories when we talk about these things in kayfabe because, like, it's professional wrestling. It's all exhibitions, and none of them are real. Underwear fighting. Right. But in the context of we tell you that certain matches are important, these guys were just palling around and saying... Let's have there's no feud here. Nobody needs to go over. It's we all accept this as whatever it is. It's a silly thing for us to enjoy at the end. It's not it's it's watching Steph Curry play against Patrick Mahomes in a round of golf. Like, yeah, it's fun. It's just a fun thing if that's what you're into. It, and and so it, I don't I don't think it matters. Like I don't think if if Edge is leaving I don't think it matters whether wherever he's going that he beat Sheamus in the last match because it was just this isn't Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. You know, like this is this is a smackdown, you know, I'm in Toronto. Goodbye, everybody. And I don't I think that you you would have portrayed Sheamus as a heel if he had beat him like so I don't think you wanted to do that. Um. I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see because to the point there's there's just nothing. I don't need to see anything else. I don't. I haven't I don't need any more edge. And I can say now I'm glad I got more of it. I'm glad that he was able to do it. But we're good. We're good here. And if that to the point, if that extension is. Hey, man, come to Saudi Arabia and we'll throw you a bone. Matches at WrestleMania. 
and 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 we'll let you yeah. be involved in WrestleMania, and maybe even let you be involved in the next couple WrestleManias if you want to be right. Like if you want two, if you want one more Randy Orton WrestleMania match, we'll do that, right? If well, I guess if Randy Orton's ever going to wrestle again, yeah. Um, if you want, but, this is the greatest show. Oh, the second God. time. That's that, that was them, right? Uh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It had to be. Of course, it had to be. Um, you know, then then yeah. Like, give that to him. But there's no need, none, at this point, for Edge to be a regular part of any company's programming. Like, it's just... And I, and I hate saying that because you're spitting in the face of someone who was truly great. But it, this is the way it works. We're not like spitting, but, but we're not, though. I, like, I think we have to be realists here. Like, I, I know. I, people I, take that that way. Right. But what we're saying is... People shouldn't do this this long, and it doesn't matter who you are. Like, it doesn't matter how great you are. But we also understand why it's unique with Edge, right? We like understand we why it's unique with Edge, but at the end of the day, you know, and this is the other side of this conversation, what does that say about AEW if they do bring him in as a as, as well, a? It's, it's about what you would expect. I mean, like, that's the reality. Exactly. And that's like, a that's, big problem. It continues right. to be a problem. Of course it's a problem. But um, that's what they do. Again, if they bring him in to be a regular performer. Um, but if it's just that they're bringing him in. Okay, I, I'm going to feel completely different about that if it's just I want to do something with my friend. And if right. that's the case, as much as I what don't. If the, what if the something, though, is, is like. Is them versus the Hardys? No. Yes. No. No. <laughs> that's see that's the problem no. is a lot of the somethings could be something a little offensive. Like it could be sting related considering the feuds that are happening right now. Like it could be uh the Hardys and them. It could be I mean like Oh, I would almost say it would be likely that it would be them versus the Hardys. Like I I would go that Or are far. they going to want to wrestle like FTR and the Bucks? And stuff like that. And like, um, it I would make sense for, for, I struggle for FTR with that. in particular. It would make sense. Yes. For well, FTR. And, well, and I struggle with saying I don't want that because <laughs> I don't really want that. But also I kind of want that. <laughs> well, and, and that would be it would be well served that way. It would be well, well served. They don't run over all those people. Right. No, that's the point. If if the point of this is I want to do one more thing with my pal Christian and, you know, Tony Khan said, which would be insane because it's a good idea, and so I can't believe that he would say it, but Tony <laughs> Khan would say, why don't we bring you in, and at the fall pay-per-view, we'll build up to an FTR Edge and Christian match, and you guys put FTR over, and then you're done. Because if that's what it was, and that's why you know it's it would never happen. Tony Khan would never say that. Well, no, he'd give them like, the belt to me. A hundred percent. I mean, there's just no way. <laughs> they're, but they're winning the titles. <laughs> if if that were the case, that would be valuable. I hate saying that, but it would be valuable. It would be very logical for FTR and what they, you know, have said about being. You know, you got to beat the best tag teams in order to be the best tag team. I. God, it drives me nuts, but it would be it would be very logical. Now it wouldn't be logical given Christian's character at the moment. But <laughs> no. It do, makes do sense. Any, do, are all their fathers alive? As, lo as long as oh, all their fathers God. God. <laughs> God. What a what a problem. Right. 
let's talk about the pay-per-view. I don't know if we do like the normal pick segment because again, it's just a weird, everything feels weird right now, but let's at least discuss the pay-per-view because it is happening. And I think got better this week. I can't tell. Like, well, I really, can't. there's one thing we have to do. We have to give them credit for, they have sold the most tickets ever for wrestling. Like that is a, it's not now you're doing the bit that other people want to do. No, no, no. We, I'm just saying, no, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an accomplishment is all I mean. It's if you put, if you provide no context, it's yes. Incredible. Right. Without context. Now keep in mind, people still have to buy this show and we'll talk about that because of what you've presented here. Um, but Listen, I don't want to overstate. We said last week, like people are really like using that as a cover for a lot of stuff, but it well, is a big accomplishment. It's, but it's an accomplishment that it's only within a bubble for yes. one reason. There's one. You're right. You've never been there before. Yeah. Why that's the case. It, it you and it's the. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It's that we have to acknowledge that we have to talk about. They couldn't do this if they had ever visited that continent before once. And it's why they've got to be careful with this. Because it almost sets themselves up for future failure. If they talk too much about it, then it becomes the standard. And they know it's not the standard. Short of if they believe that they will only ever go once a year. And right. then it becomes interesting, right? If AEW only ever goes to Europe one time a year for one show, could they do, maybe it's not this number, but a similar number every year as long as they stay the hell out of Europe for the entirety of the rest of the year? And it maybe. seems silly because it seems like you're leaving money on the like wwe does a couple europe runs every year well, and yeah i was just gonna say let's acknowledge that right and and they because do, if they didn't they would do three of these <laughs> maybe <laughs> right like maybe but to the point like they do it and they do on their runs ninety thousand or so tickets it, they just don't do it all in one night like they do it over the course of a week and then they come back and they do it again later on during the year I I did laugh that uh, I, we forgot to talk about it just because it's so stupid. But you do it is funny. There was a Tony Khan was it a tweet or an interview or something where who was the Triple H or someone called him like a second tier promotion in the press conference. I think oh like, I didn't know that. So or no was a Co- somebody oh it was the Cody documentary that's what it okay. was. Triple H, there's like a one of the talking heads. Did you watch the Cody documentary? I didn't. It's good. You should watch it. Um, okay. And there's a Kurt Angle one coming that looks really cool. I said, but apparently the Kurt Angle one is not really about his WWE. Like, it's more like becoming yeah. Kurt Angle. But still, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm I into dig that. it. I will watch that, yes. I'm almost more into that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but um, he says, like, Triple H says something like, you know, Cody went he realized he didn't want to be like the head of a, I don't remember how he worded it, but he said something like a second tier promotion. He wanted to be at like, of course, like why wouldn't he say like, that's what 
you say, right? Right. Like, and then Tony Khan like went out of his way to like start pointing out that saying things that I I can't verify, but I would be very surprised if are true. Like, well, we're actually bigger than WWE in the UK and in Canada or something. And I'm like, all right, bro. Like, isn't that the joke of bands like we're big in Japan? Right. Like that's like <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you go somewhere else, we're bigger. In fact, there well, was a I, band. There was a band that named themselves Big in Japan. I for remember that. Yes, 100. percent And uh, it's just it's baseless. Like, and by the way, Tony Khan can say whatever he wants. He can say, you know. It just made me, like, why even respond to that? Like, that's that's like the dumbest, uh, silliest cause, cause thing. Because he's a carnival barker. I mean, like, yeah. it's like, by the way, that's not even the top ten dumb things. That no, not at all. It's just, it's just, but it, it just made me laugh that, like, going back to like to bring it to bring it all back to what we're talking about. Like, does he think because they sold eighty thousand tickets, they're bigger than WWE in the UK? Um, because that's he, insane. He might. <laughs> I mean, he might. That might be what he believes. I don't. I'm not sure. Or he just all. He might also think that he can get away with it because of this. This might provide provide him what he believes to be cover to just say anything. But they do have to be careful because they either have to figure out because there maybe there's an argument that if just doing one show, you only have to come in for a short amount of time. I don't know what the financials are of the equipment that they need to use and all of the maybe financially they might say it makes more sense to us to run Wembley Stadium once a year and do nothing else in Europe. My gut would tell me, well, you're passing up on other markets that could be significant by not touching them like Paris might be a great market for you. And if you never go there because you want to preserve this one show every year, while it's not like you'll never get any fans in Paris, you're not going to have the same thing. So I don't think it would make sense to do this, but I don't know, maybe in their minds financially, they think it makes more sense to just try to do one of these shows every year. But that's what they would have to do because otherwise, if they adopt the WWE model and they do start visiting European cities, they won't be, this is not possible. This could only happen for one reason. And one reason only, they haven't been there. And we have to say that when we talk about this show, because otherwise we're we're creating a fallacy that this is how big AEW is. We have no idea how big they are. What we know is that there was a market for this because well, you know what the the other thing that's interesting about this though, because like yes, all that is true. Um. But, like, it's also a promoter running the show. That's not them. And that's interesting, what? too. Live Nation, that again? Is the pro- Live Nation is the promoter on the show. Oh, yeah, you told me that. That's right. So, like, that's interesting, too, because that's a significant chunk of money. So, like, going back to your point of the logistics of it, like, is this because someone footed the bill that they were able to do this? Yeah, maybe. Right. Maybe. It's possible. I don't know. What what was the reason given? There was I just read an article re- recently at like WWE turned down Wembley Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. And there was some reason. Was it like the Cardiff bid and and they weren't willing to? It was like Wembley Stadium wasn't willing to bid for the show or whatever, but that's why they did Clash the Castle at Cardiff because there was a bidding situation. Like 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 what happens for WrestleMania, basically. I think that's what I read. 
Um, but like, I go back to the expense of it all. Like running a stadium is insanely expensive. Sure. Insanely expensive. And mm-hmm. so when I see Live Nation on there, that's not a thing wrestling companies typically do. Um, they like WWE self promotes everything, and except for with the exception for they'll do some tours sometimes where like a Irish promoter will 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 buy a you know buy shows for them to come over or whatever. But I don't think they do that as much anymore. That was more of a '90s thing, I think. Um, I'm sure it might occur from time to time or whatever. We know Saudi buys shows, right? Right. Um. So I don't know. That part of it is interesting to me as a nerd that knows about stuff like that. Sure. But, you know, again, can they, you know, is Live Nation going to say, all right, let's do this again? You know what I mean? Because they're making a lot of, like there's a lot of moving parts to this. Like it's almost like Live Nation is their Saudi prince in this scenario. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what that back end looks I like. I don't know. I don't know either. But, but I, I, I know that it's not fair to talk about this event without the context. That's what I know. And. It's and frankly, it's not fair to AEW, and they don't, they can't say that out loud. But somebody within that company knows, like somebody within that company is it's is like, hang on, guys, we can't dude, do a European tour if you wanted to do this again. Yeah, is is saying or, or or really is saying don't publicize this too much, don't be careful because this isn't who we are, and. We are somebody in there isn't a carnival barker. Someone in that company is someone that understands nuts and bolts and understands that now, like, if they promote this too much, then people are going to remind them they're only selling 3,000 tickets for other shows. And there's going to be money. Somebody is going to say, oh, man, they can do 90,000 people. Then we should expect X from our advertising dollars and that person within the company knows we can't give you that, right? Like, I, we, we all deal with this. I'm sure in, in booking you deal with this where, like, one show pops, and then there's, like, a bunch of rappers that are like, oh, well, you know, this is the way it's just going to go for every show. And you're like, it's not – not every show is like this. This one just happened to work. Well, not just I, that. The buildings, like, in this case, the other buildings might be like, hey, why are you only doing 2,500 Whatever it is, me? you know, like, yeah. I – I deal with this all the time where like I have some things that do really well, advertisers, whatever it is. Some things do. I have some shows that draw huge numbers, segments that draw huge numbers, but I can't promise the next person that that's what it's going to be because it ain't that. And I have to be very careful about it because if I then take that, you know, look look how many viewers watch this particular show or whatever it is, and I try to sell that to people and say, this is what we do, then they're going to be wildly disappointed when they find out that's not what everything does. It's just so happens to be that this one thing did well. Now, it's easier for us to explain why this one thing that AEW is doing is doing so well. We know what the answer is. Um, this isn't as random as like if they did a show tomorrow in in Encino, California and randomly sold 20,000 tickets. Not that there's a, a place in Encino, California where you could sell 20,000 tickets, but you know what I mean? Like that would make no sense. We get why this is happening, but someone over there understands like, dude, we got to be careful. Like wh- where, where in America do they think their biggest market is Chicago? Would that be it? Is I would assume they, they do Chicago and Vegas or they do the most of their shows. So, so they're not running the Bears stadium in Chicago. No, no. And and, no. I, and I think that there's a reason for that. 
<laughs> no, they can't. They can't do this. Can only happen in this place this one time. And you know what? If you want to give them credit, give them credit for maybe recognizing that, like recognizing because of the uniqueness of us having never been there before, we had the chance to pull something off that looks really big. And as long as everybody in the company keeps that in perspective and understands this is a one-time spectacle that we can do and then move on from, then they're going to get to pull off a spectacle. Like it well, will. There's look- another thing that people are saying that's really stupid, um, and that is, wow, look, they had the balls to do this. Well, I think all of us would have told you. I mean, I don't know if we thought it would do 80,000 people. But I don't think any of it. I think when we when this first was announced, none of us shied away from sixty, right? Um, <laughs> we were yeah, talking. I don't. I don't yeah, we, we, we were like, are they going to embarrass themselves? And we all said no. You know, we all said no. We all knew that they had an inherent advantage because exactly. they, like, we everybody was so aware that, so of this why. This wasn't that big of a risk. Like, it really wasn't. Like, if you know that your product is is working in a market you've never been to. Mm-hmm. And you've never had and you know what those fans are like because you had the privilege of watching the other company bring them to freaking America for <laughs> a stadium event. So you know what that audience is like and you know that the UK tours that WWE does, even when they are stinking it up, do good numbers. Um, you know that what you have here now, maybe you didn't know 80,000, but you probably felt pretty good about 50. You know, I mean, I just don't think it was that big of a risk. I really no, don't. I don't. I don't think it was either yeah. because of the uniqueness. Right. All right. Now, as far as the show itself is concerned, let's touch on a couple of things, because some of this stuff is very much who cares. Right. Like the 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 golden elite versus the, who cares? It's it's a match for the sake of doing a match. The stadium stampede match is absolutely who cares. I'm supposed to care about. Santana and Ortiz, I, I guess. I'm being... happy they're back. Yeah, like, but I, none of this is a thing, so you can separate those things. The other matches on the card, to some extent, I mean, Jungle Jack Perry versus Hook, who cares? It's not a thing. Um, they definitely don't care because it's on the pre-show. Correct. <laughs> and uh, Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerstick and Strickland and Chris and Cage. Uh, Jesus, you know, like as, as. <laughs> Shameless is shameless gets. The, Why is it Luchasaurus like uh, uh, whatever? It, it, Christian Cage has a person that's a wrestler with him, but we correct. team him up with Swerve. <laughs> it's I, like if anything, you do Swerve and Luchasaurus and put Christian on the uh, whatever. I got anyway. I got nothing for you. Yeah. I got nothing. Which I think was a lot of. Uh, by the way, I do think it was a lot of why people thought maybe that would be a place for Edge to show up um, during yes. the course of this. But whatever. All oh, like Swerve is just a, a swerve. <laughs> Either Swerve is a swerve, right? Like, or, or it's just the purpose of Christian being in the match is so. If if what Edge wants to do is one more Edge versus Christian match, right? Which based on the characters at the moment would would make more sense than an edge and Christian match. But if that's what he wanted to do was one more, it would just present the opportunity for him to cost Christian in this match, show up in front of 80,000 people and set the tone for that. Right? Like that would be the case. Yeah. The women's championship match is 
is is indefensible that they're doing a four-way match. It's just for the sake of it. The only really interesting part is, are they pulling the trigger on Soraya in front of everybody in London or not? I mean, I think that's the only reason they're doing the match, and they didn't want her. They didn't want to get rid of the group, so they didn't want her to have to pin Tony Storm. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I that's what I think. It's what I think too. I I guess with the only caveat being that I guess they could try to do Britt Baker again because she's just that big of a star, right? Um, let me let me ask you this. Yes, I agree with you. Considering Soraya, is there any chance that Britt Baker gets booed in the UK? Like I'm legitimately ask, asking. I I don't know. I don't think so. I so, think she's. Yeah, but they kind of don't care though, right? I, well, like, but I also think that they one show one time. If you know. I think they are uniquely like they love Bailey, right? Arguably, they love Bailey more than America loves Bailey, right? Like yes. they're the ones that are always doing the. I think right. they appreciate. And again, we don't know because we've never, you know, we've never seen it before. But it would seem like Britt Baker would kind of fit in that. Like she worked yeah. her way through the indies. She's been everywhere. She's done everything. She's a star. Like, I think that she would be the type of person that would be respected by that crowd. And so I think her winning would actually be a huge pop. Like, I think they love Soraya, and that's what they want. But I think her winning would be a huge pop. But it feels like the purpose of this is to do the Soraya thing. Like, it's – it feels like that way. And the, I guess the awkward part is – can they do it? Can they turn Soraya face? Do they want to turn Soraya face? Like, do they I have guess, Tony Storm beat her up? Or, like, is there some kind of thing? That's the part, right? Like, can they do yeah. something like that so she heroically overcomes Tony or turns on Tony? Like, does Tony start kendo sticking Hikaru Shida? Something along those lines so that Soraya can look great in the process. Or does that even matter? Well, I feel like, like Tony the... would turn on her, right? And that's... Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Something along those lines. Um, uh, Will Ospreay versus Jericho is great. I'm glad they're doing it. I, I don't think it really matters what happens here. It does feel like if they are identifying Will Ospreay as being part of what they're doing moving forward, of course... They had him allude to this week, the idea of his contract being up. I don't Which know. Person? Will Ospreay. Oh, right. So I don't know, like, if they were doing that to try to set the tone for we're intending to sign him. I, I don't know exactly the length of the relationship, like how much New Japan is cool with, like, what they're going. It, it's a weird place where if Will Ospreay is part of AEW's plans long term, then he should be beating Chris Jericho. If he's not, then this is a fun way to give Chris Jericho a big moment in front of 80,000 people. But right. if if Will Ospreay is going to be a part of AEW moving forward, then he 1,000% should be beating Chris Jericho at this event. Yeah, and he should throw Don Callis off the roof of the building, too. I don't... Um, I, that's the, it, I understand. I just don't know... Like, if it matters, right? Like, I don't know if it matters if they try to have Will Ospreay. I, I think his character kind of works. 
And it's just more important that he wins, right? Like, that's all that... I, I, I don't want Don Callis to be involved with anything ever, so I agree with you. But <laughs> I, I think it's okay for Will Ospreay to be a heel moving forward if he's going to be part of the company. Um, Punk and Joe is... is it, it's just the most unnecessary thing ever, so... You know, Punk's clearly winning. Like I don't know what else there is to this say. This is about for that. the real world. Champion. Thank you. It's for the real world championship. The match they added, which creates the opportunity for, yeah. is of course the House of Black versus the the Gun Club, and it Pretty doesn't. Claimed. Sorry, that's what I meant. Not the Gun Club. Jesus, Billy Guns Club. That uh, <laughs> creates. That opportunity. In a weird way, it feels too telegraphed, right? Like, you're almost like, well, this is too obvious. Well, cause, but, cause, because if you keep doing this, you have to put them over. Correct. At a certain point. But that's the point. Like, you have to. You have to. So, why they did the, the Billy Gunn's gonna retire bit, I don't know. I don't think they added anything to anything. I don't think it helped in any way. No, because it, well... It, because it was so obvious that right that it was it going was back the other direction anyway. bizarre yeah. but ultimately the idea of the acclaimed it, the, recreating the moment in from new york now in front of eighty thousand people yes you got that's good pro wrestling baby you got to pull the trigger yep that is good pro wrestling so that happens and that of course brings us to to mjf and cole and that's that's the story right like the story is what do they do at the start of the show what do they do at the end of the show and where do they go from here and this is to their credit there is no obvious answer at this point which i like yes correct like this is the best thing that could have happened because they have left enough seeds for almost anything to play out during the course of the show and almost the point where they can't get it wrong right like i don't know what they could do at this point that we wouldn't be okay with at the end of the night on sunday i mean the bukaki thing we're with roderick strong and like i don't know if that would be that that's how they could ruin it the story is just about Roderick Strong. Well, just like if doesn't he have friends now that are like with him or whatever and or kind yeah, of like the kingdom. Yes. Keep them the F completely. Well, but I don't know if they need to stay completely away because they, they can't. Right. Like they're not going to stay completely away. I agree with you that I prefer them to be completely away. But I guess what I would say is. I think they could be be involved but not be the story do you know what i mean like i think because of who is it who it is it just bothers me because there's such a nothing outside of you know what i mean outside of the fact that they were just thrown into this as like roderick strong's like enablers or whatever like i i don't know how they matter outside of that context like at all in this company Aren't they, they quote-unquote Ring of Honor people? Uh, yeah, they're quote-unquote Ring of Honor people. Um, 
I don't. You're right. You're right. You're right. At this point, they've gone too far down the road for me to think that they will just completely avoid it for the night. Yeah. And I can again, I can live with that. I think it almost has to be done in a way. And I go back to MJF being genuine at this point. Right. Like it almost has to be done in a way where like MJF thinks like Adam Cole is in on that. Mm-hmm. Or he actually is, by the way. There, that's another thing that you could do. Well, I mean, but and then that's it's felt for a lot of people like they were subtly trying to lay it out, yeah. but then they, they just threw can't it, be they, outside looking in interferers. I can't. That's I'm not on board right. with that. What, like it has fact, to be about the like you said, it has to be about the MJF Adam Cole story, and they can be accessories, but it can't just be like they cost somebody a ma- like it cannot be that. It cannot be this is a third party into this scenario, right? Like it can't be that it, it has to be like, they are adding to one of the two of these people's intentions or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like, like then I'd be okay with it. But I think what I meant was like, if it's just like, God, what was the match where, wasn't there an AEW title match where like these guys just ran in and started it, it it was and it was like just a completely like all right well now this guy's gonna be fighting these people like it can't be that no I agree I I agree it it has to be to the side it can't be the story we completely agree with that okay. but short of that there's nothing that they can do and I love the fact that they laid out the scenario on Wednesday night where this could be Adam Cole turning on MJF right I love that they addressed it. Because even that now is no longer the like, oh, that's 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 the obvious direction. They've addressed all of the possibilities. They're all on the table that MJF could go back to being MJF, that that Adam Cole could be the snake in all of this. Like everything's out there. I still in my heart of hearts. Believe that it's got to be MJF turning again. The danger now is that no one cares any longer. And that's the really tricky part about this. The danger is if the plan was for MJF to be the complete snake to. And whatever that would be to be working with, um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, sorry, not Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong and the kingdom to. Utterly, if that's if that's the plan, what I worry about is that on Wednesday night, everybody's still going to cheer MJF. Yeah, and I, that, I, I, I and that's why I think I had been talking myself into for a while the double turn, basically. Like you switch, you you, you do the opposite of what everybody expects. You have Adam Cole be the one that, but you you know. Is that he's the real devil that you didn't that played the trick of uh, what's the and uses the MJF phrase against him, you know, but but that doesn't that feels almost like what he had to do to win the match more than it that it makes him evil. You know what I mean? Like, I in a way, I think we'd all say, yeah, that's what you're supposed that this is the tricky part to me. I, I, I also like the idea that there's the illusion of that. 
Oh, of course. Love it. Love that. And again, but that, they, but, then, they, but, they, but if that's they the case, he has to win. Face this week. They put it in your face yeah. by having him do the interview that he did with Renee, by having her show all of the clips of him considering turning on MJF. And he's gone out of his way to say he's going to do whatever it takes to win, right? Like they said that multiple times now. When they like he like when he was talking to MJF uh, was it two weeks ago. It was like, remember, like once we're in this match, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to win. And MJF's like, yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I expect you to do or whatever. Um, I I think that the I like better the illusion. Like Adam Cole's not really trying to turn; he's just trying to win the match. And they create the illusion, maybe with the help of these other people, of him betraying their friendship and winning somehow. Um, I don't know where you go from there, but yeah. like, but but also, where do you go from MJF just being the asshole we all know he is? Like that's that's the tough thing. Like we've done this before. Does does that mean he just moves on to someone else? Like I, I think it's. I don't it, think you can. You almost have to create a new level of asshole. Yeah. And the only way to do that well, is like MJF threat. is in cahoots with Roderick Strong and the but other I, two guys. Even that, I don't think is enough. I think it would have to involve Britt. I think that's the the only way that MJF could have been in on it the entire time and yet stoop to a new low that even the professional wrestling fans that love MJF won't cheer for him is if somehow he threatens or gets physical with Brit in the process. And it's a fine line, right? Because there's still certain lengths that professional wrestling doesn't want to go to in these situations. But if, if he forced Adam Cole to quit by like, you know, holding holding Brit hostage in some way or something like that, that would be a new level for MJF of despicable that we hadn't seen yet. That would be like we he's hit on, you know, other women or he's made comments about women. Maybe, maybe you have her go missing and she isn't even in that match. And so then Adam Cole is like Worried about her going into the match because she didn't show up for the title match. And then that's when it's revealed during the match or whatever that he, he I mean, kidnapped like her. something like that. I mean, like, I feel like or maybe she gets kidnapped in the middle of her match or something. You know, I don't know. Um, right. But I, I think it's kind of you, you almost have to do it. Throughout the show, like if she yeah. just randomly, well, like, I mean, they have they have two, they have a match at the beginning of the show, they have whatever they're gonna do with. I I don't I don't know what the other thing is. I've always thought this had to end with MJF reminding you that he is, and that this is the devil's greatest act, right? Like that this is, but to the point, we all expect just that. Right. Like we and, are, unless Adam Cole is the devil, <laughs> and that's and that's the devil's greatest act because. No one really did see that coming. Like, I don't know. But I think the fact that we have this many things that we're right. talking about means that they've laid out a pretty compelling main event here, um, which, you know, I think is something to, to be to be said because they haven't always done that. So I'm re- I mean, like, I'm not buying the show, but 
It, yeah, I've I've struggled with that because like I, I would find like myself to, bored. Yeah. That day, yeah. I mean, it's one o'clock on a Sunday, the last Sunday without f- football, I think, or the second mm-hmm. to last Sunday without football. I don't know, man. One o'clock on a Sunday. Um. Now will it be over at eight o'clock? Um. <laughs> I mean, 11 matches isn't too bad. And if the first two are in the pre-show, then it's really nine matches. I guess the the the, the trick would be, do FTR and the Bucks go for an hour? You know, do, does the stadium thing take an hour? Does, right. does the, you know, do they feel right. like they have to make a lot of these things it, way too long and kick out of everybody's finisher five times? And, you know, I don't know. Yep. All right, let me uh, let me see if we can't connect with this guy. Let's see if we can't. Yeah. Add him in here. Um, here at the end. Oh, maybe he thinks we're calling him on the phone. I gotta let him know that we're. Hang on. Skype should also be on the phone though. Yeah, but I think you gotta be signed in, all right? Yeah. Let's see. We are trying to wrap up this week by having uh, AJ hop on with us just for a minute to um, talk to us about what Bray meant to him. And, um, you know, AJ, like, if you haven't been following him on social media today, like, it's been pretty emotional. Um, and, and maybe part of this is that we know, right? Because we were along with him for some of these moments. And I like I know I mean AJ wore the sheep's mask like would yeah. w- like legitimately do that, um, and so when AJ talks about it, it and that's the wild part is we we laugh about it and we do these segments you know AJ's life is different than yours, but those of you that have been with us from the beginning you you all know that this dude is a pro wrestling fan that's living out all of his biggest wildest dreams. And so when he talks about what it means to him to be friends with someone, I like we I know, I know how much he loved Bray Wyatt. So the idea of like working with him and gaining a personal relationship with him, we talked to him a lot about the Shinsuke thing. But like I I know and it's just it's wild to me and it makes me a little emotional reading about it cuz I know I know uniquely how special it is for him. And um, I'm, I'm still, I am still struggling to comprehend and just wrap my brain around th- this being reality because it just, it, it doesn't feel real. It, it, it's. Eesh, eesh. Uh, while we're, while we're working, was there anything else in the world of WWE that we needed to cover this week that we didn't? Um, just that. I thought Raw was weird. Um, wait, wait, did I hear something? No, I think that might be. I think that might be our friend. I think that might be one uh, who hotter than Top Dollar. Hmm. Uh, not nada. Not nada. That's our I'll, I'll say Bray Wyatt. Yeah, dude, I, you know, we were just talking a second ago that I was watching your tweets and they were making me emotional because, and Aaron unfortunately isn't with us tonight, but like, you know, Aaron and I know, and Brandon certainly knows, even if he wasn't there for all of these moments, I I know how much you love Bray Wyatt and 
as I've told you before, like we've watched like vicariously, dude, I get the, when you talk about Shinsuke Nakamura and your relationship, the hairs on my arm stand up because I know how much it meant to you to be a Shinsuke Nakamura fan. And I, 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 it's living vicariously through this. When you talk about what it meant to you to work with Bray and to get to know Bray, I understand how surreal that must be because I was with you and I know how much you love this dude. And I can't even begin to fathom how much it's crushed you today. Yeah, man. I mean, before I even knew him, before, um, before I even met him and he was everything that you would expect him to be as a person and more, he was just so nice and he had an amazing laugh. Everybody talks about his laugh. Um, he was just a really, a really good guy, man. And like, like he knew that I was like a mega fan of his, um, based off of just conversations that we had. And like, even with that being said, like he, he was just always just a lot of fun to be around. Um, and, uh, he spent so much time creating so many different characters. He had his own like, like cinematic universe, you know? Um, and he's one of the greatest minds in the history of the business. Um, and he was just, you know, I was a fan. Like I was a fan of his, like, I, I wore all his merch to WrestleMania. I wore sheet masks to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was my first ever WrestleMania I went to. I went to the NFL. I got enough money to actually be able to do the things I've always wanted to do in my life. And one of them was to go support Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Um, like, that's... And then to get here, to get to WWE, to get to SmackDown and have him come back too and... um be able to bounce ideas off of him and being able to, you know, pick his brain and like, uh, nobody knows this, but we had this, um, we had this idea. I came up with this idea. I asked him a simple question (laughs) and I said, uh, have you ever seen the movie Leprechaun in the hood? (laughs) (laughs) I and, have. <laughs> and he and Bo, both of them, um, they they both were like, yeah, we love that movie. We used to watch it all the time. Like, it's one of the funniest, terrible, but awesome it's, movies of it's all time. so bad. Yes. It's so good. Yes, I agree. Yes. <laughs> because it's so bad, it's so good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, I had the idea of, like, like in that movie, uh, you know, they stumble upon Ice T stumbles upon like the <laughs> Leprechaun's golden flute, right? Then <laughs> <And>, like <laughs> it brings him all of this good fortune, right? Um, but because of that, the leprechaun is trying to hunt his flute down and he's killing everybody in his path. So my idea was that like Hit Row stumbles upon like the Firefly Funhouse, right? Like, we're walking in the back, and we just see, like, enter 
hear all ye who have no faith. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and I'm like what do you mean? Uh, I'm not scared, right? So we go in there and we go into the Firefight Fun House and um, we, uh, like, I, we look around and see all this stuff. And at this time, you know, he wasn't the Fiend character anymore, you know? Like, he was, but he was, he was doing the whole thing with Uncle Howdy, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea was that, like, they all would just sit there, like, and, the, like, all the puppets wouldn't be alive, <laughs> you know? They would just be, it would be, like, cobwebs everywhere, just like when they find the flute in the movie. And we, like, find Rambling Rabbit, right? And, like, he's, but he's, like, like he's our lucky rabbit's foot, right? And we we find it, and then when we pick him up, like, everything starts going haywire in the in the house, and we, like, run out scared, right? But then, like, Bray would spin, just like in the movie, and I sent him, like, so many different scenes from the movie. And he was so receptive, like, it, it, it would be like he was chasing us down, just like the Leprechaun was, one by one, until we got what we gave back to him what we took you know <laughs> but like in the, in the meantime like because you know hit row we're on a losing streak so like you know hit, now our fortunes change we got the lucky rabbits for <laughs> <laughs> so now, so that's why like that's why like we don't want to give it back even though he's like hunting us down and this is amazing things right and he loved the idea like he loved the idea like we sat and talked about it um, after I first told him about it, I, I told him about it probably, I want to say like three weeks before we did, you know, the, the segment we did with him in the ring in Montreal. Um, and so like I told him like three weeks before then, and he loved the idea. He was, um, he didn't know what he was doing at Mania. I didn't know either. Um, this wasn't an idea for like Mania. This was just like a down the road thing. And he literally like sat down with me and, and flushed out ideas of how to do it. And like, you know, he, he was so excited to do something that he could sink his teeth into like creatively based off of something that he loved, you know, like Leprechaun in the hood, which I love too. So it was just things like that, man. Like he could have been like, yeah, kid, whatever. Right. Yeah. He could have been like, yeah, uh, talk to creative. Man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. Bray Wyatt. No offense. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not sure if you've heard of me. Yeah, he didn't do that at all. Like, literally, like, took the time to listen to my full idea and let me flush it out for him. And, like, he was so cool because, like, he wouldn't just do that with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would do that with anybody. Like, I saw, I saw him in... Um, LA Knight put a match together, you know, that was like a, a dark match. And just like the way that they bounce ideas off each other, it's like he's he was such a good guy, man. Um, he was so cool, he was so giving. He, uh, I was like I said, man, I was I was just, I was a fan before I met him. So, you know, today after meeting him, and you know, they say don't meet your idols, but he lived up to everything you could imagine and more. So I'm just grateful that I got to do anything with him. I'm grateful I got to be in his presence. I'm grateful that um that I met him and that I'm grateful for what he contributed to not just wrestling but to the world. And there's a lot of people who are not even wrestling fans. Yeah. That are going crazy because they 
they even knew Bray Wyatt. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bray really was, and I'm saying Bray, but no, that's the character. The man Wyndham, he was just, he was special, man. And he was, uh, he was, you know, every once in a while, people send, people, I feel like people get sent to Earth at a specific time for a specific reason. Some people do. And he was one of those. Um, I, I liken him to like a Nipsey Hussle, a, you know, a spirit that was way, a spirit that was way older than his, his body. Hmm. And, and was from eons past. And because of that could see the bigger picture and, that's what did not just made him a great person, but that's what made him an incredible man and someone I'm very grateful that I was able to call my friend. It was really powerful, man. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, Brandon and I were talking like it, it, it you almost you, you couldn't call him a professional wrestler. Like he was. And, and I mean this and, and I said it earlier, I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but on so many shows. You know, like if somebody gets hurt or somebody gets COVID or something like that, you can replace them. Like somebody else, you know, we, Kurt Angle could join the Shield for a night, and we were all like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, like the, you can move on in a show. Bray Wyatt, nobody else could do that. You couldn't say, "Well, if Bray can't be there, we can have somebody else step in." No, like that he was living when we did the when we did the segment with him in Montreal. I, this is all I'm gonna say. We did the segment with him in Montreal. All he did was interrupt us rapping, talking trash about Montreal, and we stood still for like a minute. Straight. Right, right. People chanted, "Holy shit, holy shit," because Bray Wyatt had showed up. His presence. With Uncle Howdy. They had shown up, and it was such a big deal for them to just be there that they could stand still, and the entire place was going crazy. Like, the man had power. You, we know how creative you are, and it's one of the things that I talk about with people about you all the time, that... I've so enjoyed listening to you throw out ideas and I, I joke about the day that you and I just walked around New York. Right. And like you were, you were calling literally every single one of your shots about how things were going to go for you as you made this transition. And I, like, I had this big old grin on my face. Like I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and, and you're running all by me. And all I can keep saying is like, yes, like that's, that's wonderful. Do that. I love that. Knowing how creative you are, how, how much does that reflect in the reverence that you have for for Bray or for Wyndham? Because the creativity is just so beyond basically anything we ever saw in the history of wrestling. Um, you know, it, like I said, man, when I said that he was he was my idol, I meant that. Like, I. There are people that are 
entertainers. And you can be an entertainer and be entertaining and not be an artist. There are certain people that are artists when it comes to everything that they do. In in the ring, with their character presentation, there's so many layers and levels to it that even like even if you're the biggest fan in the world, you're missing something. You know what I'm saying? Like you're there's something he's giving you that you're not catching. Um he was that good. Um Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, he he was he was so good that like he made you reimagine what was possible in wrestling. Right? Mm. Like there's there's not a lot of guys that come along that can do that. You know, um like he was literally like he was so good, he was like he his the fiend character was literally a demon, right? <laughs> And everyone loved it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying to murder you. Like he was trying to end people. He was an unstoppable demon. He wrestled when he wrestled, all the lights turned red because his his he his, his spot had to be different than everybody else's. And guess what? It was amazing. Oh. Like, I I remember seeing that live. And I knew that that was a guy in a mask. Like, I know for a fact that's a guy in a mask. It still freaked me out. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, got a, I have a fiend mask backpack and a fiend mask fanny pack. Um, and when I wear them anywhere, people that are like super horror fans are like, that's sick. But like. Random people would be like, you have a very scary backpack. (laughs) 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 And it's a backpack. And all it is is just, it looks like the fiend's face, right? He can motion without even his feet being there. Like, he was that good, man. He was that good. And he was one of one. And I don't think we'll ever see another one like that. How how many, to the closest thousand... How many times do you believe you use the phrase "we're here" during the course of your life? Or run. Yeah, yeah, right. Come on, dude. Who could put over? But think about that. Those are those are not unique. That's not Chris Jericho saying a little bit of the bubbly. You know what I mean? Like those are just subtle words. Yeah. And dude, and he would like randomly quote like civil rights activists which i loved which right. I loved. like a lot of people that went way over their head but he would quote you know what i'm saying like martin luther king he would quote malcolm x he quoted huey newton he like like he quoted some of the most revolutionary minds in the history of the civil rights movement and so many people didn't even like because of he was doing it in character and he was you know, in the middle of a speech, like, if you don't know who said those words, you don't know that it wasn't Bray Wyatt. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, mm. that's how good he was. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, man, and I just, I just want to send all the love out to JoJo and, and his kids and, and, and Bo and everybody in his family. 
Um, like, because it's hard for us, so I can only imagine how hard it is for them. Um, yeah. So, man, tell people you love them when you get the chance, man. I love you guys. I love you too, bro. We're going to try to, I'm going to try to you know, bring the boys up and try to come see you next week. Um, up in Hershey, we're gonna try to get up there, and my my kids want to see you and remind you how much better the Usos are than you. So, um, <laughs> uh, uh, I love you, buddy. Thanks for love thanks for too, spending a minute with us. Yeah, appreciate love you guys, man. Love you guys. Love you, right, man. That's our guy. That's uh, AJ. You know him as Top Dollar. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say, man. Let's we'll not do we'll not do a silly close to the show this week. Um, yeah, no plugs. Yep, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, man, what he just said, like there, I I don't know. We never we really never saw much of anything like Bray Wyatt, and um, I don't know that we will again. I don't know that we will again. Brandon, I love you too, man. And and you know what? I can't believe I'm saying it, but I love Aaron too. I yep. I love him. We we, so. we we yeah, we love him. Yeah, no, we love him. We, we love, love Aaron. Love yeah. Aaron. All right. Um yeah. That'll that'll do it for us. And um we will talk to you guys next week for uh, for AJ and for Brandon and for Aaron. I'm Glenn. This is Ben jobbing out. <laughs>